everybody and welcome to another episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Or, if you're looking for the audio-only version that goes up half an hour earlier at 8 p.m., just search for Twasm or T-Watches a Scary Movie on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Also, you can follow the link tree as well, too. That'll get you linked to a bunch of direct stuff as well, including things like the Facebook group and the Discord, where we do our scary movie watch parties and all that as well, too, which it's a perfect time to join in on that because we're doing Christmas horror this month, obviously. So if you don't watch some scary Christmas favorites with us, make sure to get in the Discord to keep up with what we're doing. Last night, we watched the original Black Christmas. We also did one of my yearly uh, winter Christmas time watches, Out Cold. It's not a horror movie, but I absolutely love it regardless. Nice to pair it up with a, uh, a fun Christmas slasher there. And tonight, tonight, we are going to be watching Christmas Bloody Christmas along with Krumpus. That's right. It's time to watch the naughty cut of Krumpus. So you don't want to miss out on that. Make sure to get to Discord so you can join us and watch something spooky. So what are we talking about tonight? Uh, hence our watch party tonight. The movie I'm going to be reviewing is going to be Christmas Bloody Christmas, but... Before we get there, before we get to movie reviews, we got a couple of things to talk about. There were a pair of trailers that dropped upon us earlier today, and man, oh man, oh man, some bangers came out today, y'all. Some absolute bangers. First off, want to start off with the film 65. That's right, 65, coming from Scott Beck and Brian Woods who both wrote and directed the film. And if those names sound familiar, they absolutely should because guess what? We are talking about the guys behind A Quiet Place and Haunt amongst a number of other things there. So it's got some creds going for it. And not only that, but it's got the ultimate Sith daddy and Adam Driver behind the wheels for this one here. Uh, 65 tells the story about a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet and the pilot discovers uh, that he stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. Now, if that doesn't give you an idea of what to expect there, it's called 65. He stranded 65 million years ago and it's kind of like an action, science fiction, thriller, horror film. Uh, there's only one other survivor, a young girl named Koa, and they must make their way across this planet to try to find a way to safety. But guess what? If you're on Earth 65 million years ago, what else is on Earth at the same time? That's fucking right. Dinosaurs, y'all. We got a dinosaur thriller coming up and not a moment too soon after some terrible, 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 terrible Jurassic World movies. Uh, I am ready to see a honest-to-God legitimate Dinosaur thriller piece coming up here. And this thing looks fantastic. Um, I will say there are some vibes, uh, some vibes in it there that if these two are the only people in the movie itself, I'm very interested, uh, interested in how they're gonna like hide in that terror for sure. Now these guys are great. Again, Scott Beck, Brian Woods, uh, you know, they did a, the first Quiet Place movie. They have Haunt behind them as well, too. So it's not so much that I have any worries about uh, the content. I think the film will end up being absolutely fantastic. There's no way it won't. But 
Uh, a Quiet Place is one of those movies to where we focused on just that main group of family, you know, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski, uh, and, and their family members, and we had to lose, you know, one or two of those family members, one of those being a young, young child at the beginning of the movie there. But um, I, the thing is, is that that movie told the story of like this this family's dynamics on earth now with these alien invaders and how things are and telling that kind of story and there was a lot of tension not just between them having to be completely silent or else these beings would destroy them uh but also just tension between the family and you know who resents who and all these other problems that were going to come up with them and uh, it's too early right now again just the first trailer came out for it here uh and the movie doesn't come out till march but the fact that it looks like it's going to be a cast of two doesn't give them that much to work with. Just because this could be a situation like uh, 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 like The Road by chance, uh, which you know I see some similarities in there uh, about. And I get it; it's easy to put. Just you know, it's a uh, it's it's an older older guy and a parent kind of situation with a younger child trying to navigate this world, but. You're not left with a hell of a lot to do, though, is the thing. Like, there's only so many scenarios you can run out, and most of those scenarios, in my mind, end with Adam Driver biting the big one by the end of the film. Probably won't, though. Probably won't, but this thing looks fantastic. Uh, the dinos look great. There is a sense of eeriness in the film as well, too. And the fact that this, uh, that you know, it looks to be this is Earth. This is not some other random planet that just has dinosaurs on it, you know, by, by some random chance. No, this is Earth. Uh, there's a lot to work with. You know, uh, there, there's a good chance that we could see them end up just back home at, that, at the end of the movie. You know, that they end up back in modern times. Bing, bang, boom, you're done at that point. Or... This could end in a situation where both of these characters stay alive and, you know, we can enter in a sequel territory to where we then get another ship to get sent back at this time and they're still dealing with dinosaurs. I don't know. But I will say that I am absolutely ravenous to get some more, uh, to get some more scary dinosaur stuff just because that's what I wanted out of the new Jurassic World movies, okay? Those y'all that like them, look, you like them. I'm not going to change your mind and change your opinion on it because dinosaurs but i'm sorry just having dinosaurs doesn't do it for me you know there's got to be more of a hook to it and those jurassic world movies weren't doing it for me at all so this looks like it could feel uh fill that void that was missing especially with fallen kingdom i wanted fallen kingdom to be so good it should have been like this amazing horror film and it just wasn't it just wasn't man uh yeah so we'll see uh 65 is coming out in march a lot of stuff is coming out in March. March is going to be a big, big month for horror next year, for sure. I'm ready. I am absolutely ready for that. So, that was trailer one. What was the second trailer that ended up coming out here? The second trailer that came out was for a uh, little film uh, in a franchise y'all might know. It's uh, Scream 6. The teaser trailer for Scream 6 finally came out today. And man, oh man, oh man, uh, it is so good to, again, get out of Woodsboro. And it's so interesting, you know, to think about it. And I've talked bits and pieces about that in, in, in the last few months. But the fact that Scream 1 
Scream 4, and Scream 6. That is, uh, Scream 5, excuse me, Scream 1, Scream 4, Scream 5. That's like your Woodsboro trilogy. Everything's happening there. All the terrible things about living in Woodsboro. They just breed killers. Gotta get the fuck up and out. Whereas Scream 2 and Scream 3 have been out of Woodsboro showing that, you know, crazy shit can happen anywhere. And it's part of the reason I think why I love Scream 2 so much. Like, I, I love them all. I do love them all. Um, uh, but Scream 2 has always been my favorite, as y'all know. And, um... I like the idea of Scream 2, especially when I look back at it, is that they should have been safe. Leaving Woodsboro to where this killer was at should have made them safe. And by luck of the draw, Sidney Prescott, Randy, uh, Dewey Gale, they all end up in another location to where they're being hunted by other killers. And I think that's fascinating. Scream 3... Uh, you know, they, they, there was no way Sydney was going to end up in that situation again. So Sydney had to be drawn to Hollywood, basically, to get wrapped up in this scenario. And that makes perfect sense. What's going to be the hook here with Scream 6? They're in New York. We know from uh, some of the things we got in Scream 5, Gail works in New York. So clearly these kids are likely going to college. We know that uh, uh, our returning cast from Scream 5, uh, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Go uh, uh, Go Gooding. They're all back again, joining Courtney Cox in this one as well too. And we also know that Hayden Panettiere is back in this one as Kirby Reed, who is apparently now a uh, an FBI agent in this one. So... There's a lot of places that this film could go, but the teaser, all this teaser showed us were our characters back together again on a subway in New York, looking like it's around Halloween because everybody's dressed up in costumes. Some of the ones that were pointed out by a lot of you there included uh, the Hell Priest or Pinhead from Hellraiser. There was a Chucky there as well, too. We actually saw uh, Samara, Samara Weaving's character from Ready or Not, which is funny because Radio Silence did Scream 5, they're doing Scream 6. Uh, Samara, characters, uh, Samara Weaving's character from Ready or Not's featured in it as well, too. Uh, Jason! Jason Voorhees is back on a subway in New York City. It's perfect. Because um, I'm a Jason Love Takes Manhattan fan. Y'all know what's good. One, one love right there. Uh, but one that stood out to me that I'm getting a lot of debate on on Twitter about it. And find me on Twitter. That's AXDEW. Let's talk about it here. There was somebody in a werewolf costume in this trailer and while everybody was quick to point out oh it's american werewolf in london which does make sense because there is a subway scene where david you know is in his werewolf form and roaming around the subway that does make sense but there's a quicker seven degrees of bacon in this to where you know who else made a werewolf movie wes craven made a werewolf movie you know who made scream wes craven made scream so i'm saying that's the werewolf from scream okay that's or the werewolf from cursed all right that is what that mask supposed to be i'm sure it double it could double as a nod to american werewolf in london but i think that is a bigger nod to cursed instead uh but the trailer, ooh, brought that tension up there to where our group of survivors from the first film are just chilling out here on the subway and they notice somebody in a ghost face mask staring at them. And as the lights keep coming, uh, going down, the character gets closer and closer and closer and closer. Uh, it looks so, so good. Getting out of Woodsboro is the right idea because I think it's, it, it's interesting. 
it, it's almost like you could do a Woodsboro entry. If this series was going to keep going on, who knows it would. That's way past what we're talking about. Because we all assume we're getting Scream 7. We're all assuming that because Nev Campbell is presumably right now not in this one unless she wouldn't film the cameo. She's not in this one. So Scream 7 would probably likely bring her back to the fold, getting her the pay that she rightfully deserves. But uh, if this franchise was to go any further, I could see Scream 8 possibly returning back to Woodsboro at that time. Maybe Scream 9. And I'd be fine with that. I'd be perfectly fine with that. But this trailer is awesome. Uh, it's going to be a hard three months because this comes out the same day right now that 65 is coming out, which is Mar March 10th, 2023. There's going to be a busy, busy month of horror films, like I said already, that's coming out. But it looks so damn good, y'all. Uh, and I'm hoping it, it would make a lot of sense. I, I try to stay away from the spoilers and stuff. So for those of y'all who are way, uh, way deep into that, um, you know, good for you. But as a person who tries to stay away from the most spoilers humanly possible with franchises I really, really enjoy, whodunits like Scream, uh, it could also make a lot of sense this could be an opening scene. It does give off vibes of very much an opening scene kind of deal there for me. And again, I got nothing to base that on except for that's the way it seems to me. And I could absolutely be wrong, but I don't think I am. I don't know. We only got three months. We have three months, less than three months at this point, actually, before this comes out. This is going to come by so quick, and it's going to be so fucking awesome. Scream 6, y'all. So, in our movie review tonight, uh, we are talking the new, the awesome Christmas Bloody Christmas. You might have heard about this one uh, done by Joe Bagos, who brought us uh, BFW. Another actually pretty fucking awesome, uh, awesome horror thriller about a group of vets who get caught up in a bit of a drug war. And this film centers around, excuse me, this film centers around a uh, a new Santa animatronic, robotic Santa, whatever you want to call it, that's being recalled that uh, reverts it from its original programming from the U.S. Defense Department. So, this is a robot that was basically turned into a new Santa toy or accessory uh, that was designed initially for the Defense Department. And I know what you're thinking, right off the jump there. Doesn't that remind us of another classic 90s movie about toys that were, uh, that were given chips that were made by the U.S. Department of Defense and then they later freak the hell out and it's up to a group of kids and their parents and another group of toys to stop them. Yes, and if you are thinking of the late 90s classic Small Soldiers where uh, you have Archer, leader of the Gorgonites and Chip Hazard of the Commandos. Yes, absolutely, Small Soldiers. Uh, and it hits me now that, that, that that's definitely, there's some small soldiering in this as well too. But... Uh, Joe Bagos came out here with a, a film that, as he said, was kind of supposed to be uh, be a pitch for a remake to Silent Night, Deadly Night, which we've talked about on this show before, about a kid who witnesses his family getting murdered by a Santa Claus, and then uh, basically conditions him and, and, and trauma traumatizes him so much that as an adult he just goes crazy and becomes this murderous psychopathic santa who goes on a spree trying to get his ultimate revenge against uh the nun of the orphanage they needed up staying in fantastic film uh like the second one more just as we talked about that last week we're not gonna jump back into it but 
this became something different to where the idea was is that what if a terminator like santa is the one committing all of these crimes all of these murders and it's a very very simple story this uh the, the story basically is is that this santa reverts back to its original programming and goes on a killing spree and it doesn't need to get more complicated than that. You know, we have our lead character, uh, uh, Tori, who's played by Riley Dandy, who is just so enjoyable. Uh, Tori, in a lot of the ways she talks, a lot of the things that she does in this movie, I feel that a lot of people my age absolutely have a Tori in their friend group, okay? Tori is the, 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 the cool girl who is working at the, uh, you know, working at the record store. And she she's contrary because she likes all the sequels instead of the original films. And she's punk. And she's very open and, and accepting. And she's very 2022 about sex and looks on sex and everything. And she's got a, got a really cool, cool best friend who's got a mullet and a crazy stash that's around. Robbie played by Sam Delch and uh I, I don't know um like I found myself absolutely loving the character of Tori because sometimes protagonists don't act the way that you would think any anybody reasonably would in a horror movie situation like bad shit starts going down and you're like this is not the way that somebody would act it just doesn't make any kind of sense at all and Tori isn't like that, surprisingly enough. Like, I watching it, I was like, damn, like, Tori actually seems like somebody would realistically, one, that I'd be friends with, somebody that I know. I feel like I have a bunch of friends who are exactly like Tori. But then also, that when shit starts hitting the fan, Tori absolutely responds to it the normal way everybody would. Like, uh, she's getting on the radio and explain. Like, when shit starts in the van, she's getting on a, on a police scanner and telling everybody what's going on. She's telling the cops not to go back there because they murdered everybody. Like, she, you know, she's trying to get that information out. She wants a fucking gun. Like, all of it just seems so on the level. And I think the idea of keeping the story simple because... Um, Joe Bagos wrote the film as well, too. And the, the story really isn't that complicated. You know, I say Christmas Terminator because that's really what it is. And it's funny that I, you know, I was saying that on Twitter, not knowing that Joe Bagos had said that that's basically kind of what the pitch was. But... It's it, you know you don't have to worry about this whole Terminator backstory. Somebody's coming back from the from the future to save the the mother of the savior of humanity and shit. No, it's just this robot robotic Santa goes on a rampage, and this one young woman is caught in the line of fire trying to save her friends and family before it takes all of them out. And it's uh it, it it's a love letter to 80s movies i feel to like those uh to those early to mid like very very just over the top horror films like there's an amazing synthesizer soundtrack to this which i just absolutely love so so much uh it's so much fun honestly uh i'd actually get that on vinyl 100 percent because you know that's what that's that's what i think tori would do tori would buy the soundtrack to this shit on vinyl for sure um but the soundtrack is is amazing their use of colors in the film is, is really fantastic as well too like honestly it, it's kind of it's funny to say this but this is the kind of movie that you should absolutely get high to and trip out to watching just because the use of colors uh and the way that the shots are set up just lend itself to just chillaxing and then smoking and joy and watching it and enjoying honestly there's a lot of red there's a lot of green there's a lot of blue and it just and for some reason 
it enhances that Christmas spirit. Like, it's already a movie about an evil robotic Santa that goes around killing people, but something about that actually really just helps it out so much to where you're like bathed in Christmas light the entire movie. And it helps that uh, along with that, along with the, the fantastic soundtrack that we get in, the amazing characters, there's some brutally awesome kills in this as well too. Uh, like, honestly, I, I say it, but... Santa is going around killing people like it was the Terminator. There's no remorse. Some creative damn kills. Some cool weaponry being used in this. I. It's just so good. It's so cool. And the fact that uh, the end of the movie, the last 15, 20 minutes or so, do honestly play out like the original Terminator film in a huge, huge way. Uh, for whether it's that the Santa eventually loses its facade and becomes just the robot at that point, and that uh, Tori is just trying everything, everything, everything to stop it, and nothing's working until finally one thing does work. There's so much good about this film, and I know a lot of people, a lot of people were annoyed uh, by the characterization, the characterization of Tori. Thought that you know she talks stupid and being contrary doesn't make her cool, and they wanted more out of it. But you don't need that. You really don't need that. Christmas horror has never been particularly deep unless we're really looking at like Black Christmas, honestly. Like I think all three Black Christmas movies had a lot to say in their commentary, especially the first one and the 2019 one. I say that knowing I love the 2006 one best, but most recent Black Christmas and the first one had a lot to say in their messaging, I feel. But overall, I feel the Christmas horror isn't trying to do that much. It's just taking this great environment to where we all feel loving and safe and it's a family time and everything is great right now and it's turning it on its head to be the worst possible time of your entire life and i don't think i, I don't think it has to be particularly deep honestly this is one that blew me away and my top 10 have been set for a minute and this movie's absolutely in my top 10 of the year like there's no question about it it's it's skirted in Right at the very end now, like Santa delivering presents out on Christmas Eve. This thing skirted in for sure, and I'm super fucking happy about it. Uh, check it out right now, y'all. It is available through Shudder on Prime. Uh, that Christmas Bloody Christmas, you're not going to regret it. New classic for you to check out every single year. Hey everybody, I appreciate you checking out this video, whether it was a review, whether it was a new episode, whether it was an unboxing, an interview, or whatever else. I want to remind you, you can check out my separate reviews also on my YouTube page, and new full episodes go up every Wednesday night on YouTube at 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time, and on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8pm Mountain Standard Time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like and share. My name is T, we've been talking scary movies, stay scared. Thank <laughs> you.